Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash Thompson, and today... I'm going to go over my perspective on the Lions' playoff win over the Los Angeles Rams. Okay, so here's a brief list of things that have come into existence since the last time... Since the last time I felt this way. Text messages. Sony PlayStation and Microsoft Xbox. Amazon. Mass-produced cell phones. Google web browsers that could display images of all things cloning email drones electric cars flat screen televisions or monitors depending on what brand of nerd you are um the international space station facebook twitter instagram tiktok social media youtube podcasts like my dad still doesn't understand what this is the iphone cryptocurrency self-driving cars intel chipsets bluetooth dvds then blu-rays then streaming airbnb uber fitbits targeted advertising deep fakes vr headsets crowdfunding which, of course, you can engage in by supporting the podcast. For only $5 a month, you can join the crew and be part of the playoff run. Or the playoff fun, whichever you'd prefer. The off-season chat, and you can share space with other folks who don't want to have to deal with all of the really fun people on various social media platforms who are completely reasonable and don't hate their lives. Anyway, back to my point. My point is that the world I live in now is fundamentally different from the one that I lived in then. I wasn't even in high school. I was skating around my hometown without a care in the world, and yes, I know I'm Canadian, but no, I'm not talking about ice skates. Had my Adrian Domain deck, grip tape torn into something vaguely resembling the Powell Peralta rip tapes you can buy now for 15 bucks. My legendarily thick flow in the form of the greatest hockey hair that's ever graced God's green earth. Or, you know, if the distances were a little farther out, my my sweet mongoose BMX would get me to where I needed to go. No helmets, no cell phones, no checking in, just a mandate to be back before the sun went down on Friday and Saturday nights. I had social studies class with Mr. Richter, science class with Mr. Kyle, and I was just learning to play the guitar. Never mind. Tupocalypse Now, Hack Tongue Baby, Passion and Warfare, Bad Motor Finger, Low End Theory, De La Soul is Dead, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, Apocalypse 91, The Black Album, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, and No More Tears were sitting on my CD shelf, freshly purchased during the season after my summer job got me enough money to finally buy a Sony Discman. And you know what? Yesterday, for just a moment, I got a feeling of how awesome that was back. That's my perspective on the game. 
And here are the facts about the game I found interesting. The Lions didn't have the leading passer, leading rusher, or leading receiver in this game, but they did have the leading punter. And they won. So thank you, Jack Fox, for your service. Sam Laporta only had three catches for 14 yards, but one of those catches was the Lions' only passing touchdown. Aiden Hutchinson carried the defense on his back with a pass rush win rate of nearly 40% on the day. And judging by the postgame presser, he was having issues breathing from congestion undoubtedly the entire game. Amon Rossi Brown had seven catches for 110 yards, and there's really nothing else to say about the best Lions fourth-round draft pick of all time. Josh Reynolds put up his biggest game since the season opener with 80 yards. The worst pick of this year's first round, Jameer Gibbs, had 68 yards from scrimmage on 12 touches. The worst pick in this year's first round, Jack Campbell, had six tackles and was in the business of stopping yards after the catch all night. Speaking of stupid picks that the team has made over the last three years, Aleem McNeil, his hit on Matthew Stafford early in the game was the one that busted up his hand, and he was also in on the sack of Stafford that caused the QB to be assessed for a concussion later. And somehow, he was cleared, despite the fact that he had knockout face <laughs> on the field. Um, if he were any other position, he definitely would have been yanked from that game for the rest of the game, most likely. We watched it happen to Almond Ross St. Brown a couple years ago. And how about those Lions free agent moves? Um, the Saints showed so little interest in retaining Alex Anzalone that they actually made a trade to get him off the field in his last season with that team. Welcome to the Lions, sir. I'm glad you signed on. <laughs> uh, he led the team in tackles in their first playoff win since 1992. How about Donovan Peoples-Jones? This guy was an 800-yard receiver last year, and now he's... Lions wide receiver five, backup punt returner, doing his job, doing everything he can do to help this team win. What about Michael Badgley, the money badger? Six weeks ago, he wasn't even really on the team. And in the wildcard round, he nailed a 54-yarder that the Lions hadn't, like they wouldn't have even attempted that before he came back on board. Because they knew Riley Patterson couldn't do it. Aaron Donald's stat sheet was three tackles, none for loss. Nothing else of significance. Uh, the Lions gave up another huge game to a receiver who's having a great season, Pukunakua, 181 yards. But on the other hand, Cooper Cup had 27, and the target difference was only that uh, Cooper Cup had one fewer target. Uh, but the real MVP of this game was the Ford Field crowd. The Lions kneeled out the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, and you guys did that. The Rams had to spend two timeouts to avoid delay of game penalties due to crowd noise. And that was in the second half, while the Lions weren't exactly rolling. But the Lions faithful had a job to do, and they did it. It was also pretty clear that it bothered Matthew Stafford that he got booed in his return to Ford Field. And I, I cannot express how glad I was to see the overly hostile environment that Ford Field has become extending to a guy that, frankly, was our ride-or-die hero until he decided he didn't want to be anymore. Any tiny little edge matters in a game that was this tight.
Uh, that Jared Goff chant was the greatest moment in Ford Field history so far. Yeah, that was absolutely epic. Like, this was the reason Jalen Reeves Mabin came back. This is the reason Graham Glasgow came back. DeAndre Levy was in the house. Golden Tate, Nate Burleson, Carrion Johnson, and so many others were there. This one was for them, too. This was the Jared Goff revenge game. This was the Josh Reynolds revenge game. This was the Jake McQuaid revenge game. This was Brad Johnson showing that the te- like showing his teacher that he is now the master. It was further proof that those who say that there is a one single correct way to build a team and all other processes are wrong are just fools who lack any sort of imagination. <laughs> it was Dan Campbell silencing the critics who mocked his various press conferences. It was the gut punches stopping. And remember, Malone's has 275 happy hour beers. See you tomorrow. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Lions. You've had enough of that shit.